Hey everybody, welcome to episode 12 of the Combat Chain Podcast. I am your host, Adam Philipchuk, alongside Pat Shaw. And uh, how's it going today, Pat? Adam's going great. Uh, It's been a productive week uh, for members of the Combat Chain. And uh, I'm happy to be sitting back down and recording recording the main show with you. Yeah, uh, a lot of things on the go for us lately. Uh, Pat, you launched your uh, series there, uh, Fatigued. Eat parents playing Fatigued. flesh and blood. My uh, my first guest was Parker Brown, aka Breezy, um, and he actually just released a new article on WrathTimes.com um, covering Kasai uh, as a Blitz deck tech. Um, so go. Check out that video and go check out his articles on Wrath Times. So, th- and uh, thank you, Parker, for for coming onto the program with me. Nice. And on top of that, a uh, bit of a milestone for us. Um, we've been talking about it on the past few episodes, and we finally got to it. Uh, we hit uh, our 100 subscriber milestone on YouTube. Woo! Yeah. And in fact, oh, Jane. Not oh, only. Not only oh, did we hit it, we actually exceeded it. We're sitting at 109 subscribers now, um, and it's it's actually been really cool. I've I've found at least like just over these past couple of days, it almost feels like we kind of got a little bit of a snowball effect going, and it's just starting to trickle in. And we're we're we did. If anybody was paying attention to our, uh, well, I, of course, people were paying attention to our Twitter. That's where we were kind of promoting it, and. It, it was cool to see it kind of pick up and, and, and gain steam and, and grow and, you know, to be at 109 now. And I think the next big milestone is uh, 250, uh, where we'll do another, another. my hope is another cool giveaway. But uh, on the topic of giveaways, we did do the giveaway for the the sleeves, the deck boxes, the, the cold foil data doll. We will be posting, is that on Twitter we're doing that? Yeah, we will post the winners on Twitter. We are reaching out to the winners as we speak to confirm contact information and all that. And once we have confirmed everything with everybody, we'll we'll post the winners. Yeah, so uh, congrats to everyone. Um, super exciting all around. And yeah. I'm excited for for what comes next for uh, the yeah. future of the channel. Excited to have you all on board with us. Absolutely, it does feel like we're we're gaining momentum. I think we're making a name for ourselves, and uh, I think the sky's the limit. I do want to hashtag shameless plug. I also was a guest on Fresh and Buds this week. Yes, that's right. You uh, were. so check out that podcast. Uh, it was released on Wednesday, uh, just in time for St. Patrick's Day. And uh, we had a really good conversation, and I was happy to be on there. Um, and I do believe that Tommy is looking uh, at uh, at you, Adam, uh, I believe in the next month or so. Yeah, uh, he reached out to me. Uh, we're looking at maybe mid-April we're going to be doing something together, him and I, uh, on his channel. Uh, not certain. Uh, we don't have an exact date uh, picked out yet, but mm-hmm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely looking forward to that. I... Uh, uh, I was actually 
I was listening to, I think it was his episode 30, and he's doing a, a giveaway for a playmat, and uh, it's uh, for this weekend in Indy, uh, the first person to bring him a bottle of uh, a very specific barbecue sauce uh, gets the playmat, and I just died with laughter when I heard that, like, what a genius giveaway inspires me for i said that's funny because he did a similar giveaway with a different bottled condiment (laughs) on my episode so he's he's gonna get a lot of weird crap getting coming his way well and i was i was chatting with him afterwards and i was like dude what a hilarious concept for a giveaway and he's like i hope somebody actually does it and i'm like you hope one person does it i think many people are going to do it you need to prepare for this like definitely it's gonna be a riot i gotta i'll i'll have to reach out to him during the weekend see how many how many many condiments he's collected barbecue sauce Tommy yeah, Fresh ended he up asked with. For, he asked that's, for uh, Ken's Steakhouse Blue Cheese. That's what it episode. was. Ken's Steak. You know, it, that's yeah. the same one from episode 30 as well. Ken's Steakhouse okay, Blue Cheese. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, yeah. That 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 should be like the... We, we could almost have like different pools for, for different callings. And like calling Indy, one of the pools can be like the over-under on how many bottles of barbecue sauce Tommy Fresh ends up with. <laughs> Uh, I'm glad it's consistent, though. I thought he was really do it going Heath Ledger Joker and just changing it up every episode. And, and now he's just going to get all sorts of just mustards and barbecue sauce <laughs> salad dressings just messing with people. Wouldn't that be funny? Just like bring him a bottle of Thousand Island salad dressing. Because... Right. Just like I couldn't find blue cheese, but here's <laughs> here's some honey Dijon. I brought the great poop on. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't have anything else. Here's some pickles. Does this count? (laughs) Some gherkins. Hey, Tommy Fresh, I brought you some gherkins. We love you, Tommy. (laughs) So much. Uh, Yeah, so, yeah, when I heard that, I died. But, yeah, you're doing good, Pat. How was your week? Uh, Did you get up at any good games? Um, Yeah, uh, so after my, my... ProQuest weekend debacle, I guess you would call it. I did not did not do well. We'll put it that way. Um, did not did not meet my expectations. Um, but I decided after that weekend to recommit myself to classic constructed play. So um, what I did was sign up for as many constructed leagues as I could get my name into um and two of them fired off uh since since we last broadcasted and i've had four total rounds of classic constructed league action running the same viscerilis that uh was featured on our previous episode featuring amusing from galaxy galaxy Uh, gleam featuring (laughs) amusing from galaxy gaming uh so i've been running that list and i so far and Three and one in four rounds of, of play. This is across two leagues. I'm one and one, and I'm two and zero oh, um, in in separate leagues. But uh, I feel good about it. I've got two other leagues that start up in April. Um, I've gathered a bunch of people together to play test for the calling for those who didn't qualify for the pro tour, and we want to make something of our scrub selves. Uh, so we're getting some some play testing in for that. Uh, you know, skirmish season's coming up, and uh, you know I'm jamming some blitz. Uh, just trying to just trying to get games in, 
quality games in and and put in put in the work that uh I felt like I kind of missed coming into ProQuest. So, you know, we're on we're on Vengeance Tour New Jersey looking 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 towards the calling starting starting now. Hey, no, that's awesome. Uh and you know what? I think I think with Calling Jersey being attached to Pro Tour uh Jersey that whole weekend is just going to be a riot. Um, you've got it's going to be a great time. The inaugural inaugural pro tour. You know, you've got the calling that weekend. The battle hardened on the Sunday. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I, I'm I'm very excited for it. Jersey will be there. Uh, we're excited to interact with all of you there. So you're talking about leagues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, those just got some very good uh, good games in playing Viscerai trying to stay disciplined and uh and getting the work in so hoping to uh you know just transfer that as i go just improving improving as a player and uh seeing seeing where where it goes and uh like those leagues are um are kind of my my go-to right now i've kind of dropped off the armory scene a little bit um, in favor of productive games that may or may not produce uh, XP through either you know a playtest environment or right, right. or you know something similar to that. So I think I'm just going to ride that wave. I think my the XP train crashed at the beginning of February. Uh, I'm not getting that anytime soon. So uh, you know, focusing on the quality and not uh, not trying to grind XP or anything like that at the moment. Hey, you know, I respect that. Uh, I think that's important. Uh, mm-hmm. Quality over quantity, hundred um, percent. Get get the the quality you need in, so that when those games that matter happen, you're ready for them. Yeah, definitely. And I do um, I do talk about some of that with Tommy Fresh from the Fresh and Buds podcast when I guessed it this week. So take a listen, <laughs> get into an intros- introspective of Patch's life as a competitive Flesh and Blood player. Hashtag shameless plug. Hashtag shameless plug. All right. Um, I've already taken this thing off the rails. Let's get back on with the news. Uh, Let's start out with some product announcements from LSS. Uh, We will start with classic battles. Reinar versus Dorinthia. LSS is releasing a pre-constructed dual deck product. That is coming out May 27th of this year. This is featuring Reinar versus Dorinthia, and it is uh, coming with a MSRP of $49.90, so just under $50. It includes two ready-to-play 40-card Blitz decks, two Cold Foil Heroes, two Cold Foil Weapons, Eight rainbow foil equipment cards, an illustrated mini lore booklet, and a quick start playmat. Dorinthia has already been previewed as as well as a brand new mentor for Dorinthia. And Dorinthia has a new... It is a new Dorinthia, so presumably there's going to be a new Reinar as well. And she has a new hero ability. Yeah. And yeah, new hero ability, oh. uh, a new weapon. Dorinthia Quicksilver Prodigy. The first time Dawnblade Resplendent gains go again each turn, you may attack an additional time with it this turn. And four intellect and, and 20 life. So I'm sure there's going to be more to come. Uh, it sounds like there's going to be a few different uh, different new cards, a uh, new class specialization for each hero, a uh, new mentor, 
and um, and new hero abilities. So I am I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to this product release. I'm probably going to grab a couple. <laughs> if we're being honest, I'm probably going to grab one to crack open and get the cards, uh, and then probably one to hold on to. Oh yeah, I'm I'm so excited for this one to keep sealed, one to crack open at the minimum. Uh, and then if you need, if you, if, if there's a card in there that you find out you need multiple copies of, then, you know, you now you're chasing down even more copies of it. And I even heard something spicy. Somebody suggested like, what if each, you know, there, there's reprints of chase cards in there, you know, like the Reiner has a copy of mm-hmm. CNC and Dorinthia has a copy of E-Strike or something like that. Then I would love that $50 price point. I'll tell you that if, uh, if there's new if there's new reprints of Chase Majestics like that, uh, that would be that would be great. Yeah, um, okay. Either way, I'm definitely looking forward to. I've always been a big fan of uh, uh, Reinar and Dorinthia, those classic Welcome to Wrath heroes. Those battles are always fun to play, and uh, I anticipate this will be this will this will be right there with that. Yeah, and I, I mean, just based off the information we've gotten already, you can assume that we're going to get uh, a new Reinar, a new Reinar weapon, uh, you know, Romping Club Resplendent, yeah. uh, <laughs> a new mentor, like a new, all that, uh, and it even makes you wonder, are we going to get classic battles, Bravo versus Katsu, get a new Bravo, get a new Katsu, get mentors for those, <laughs> uh, oh, who knows, like, the, the sky's the limits, uh, I'm so excited to see what we're going to get moving forward i think when i when i saw these initially my first thought was ira is a top tier blitz hero and they came from like a welcome deck like they came from a different product um so you know there there is a ton of potential in these new uh in these new cards and especially with the ability to you know the the Dawnblade Resplendent, whatever that does, it gets the additional attack built in as long as it has go again. So it's uh I think it's it's a smoother ability to hit twice than the Dawnblade is. So it'll be interesting to see what that weapon uh what that weapon looks like and how uh how it fits in and how it might be able to u- be used elsewhere. Yeah. Uh, I, I imagine the weapon and the hero are pro- well, at least in the Dorinthia's case, the weapon and the hero are probably going to have to go together. But uh, yeah, just just the new deck building possibilities we're going to get from this, uh, the new everything we're going to get from this, it's so exciting. Uh, I am. It can't come soon enough. It's definitely a good way to freshen up a non-rotating product, right? By introducing things like this into it, um, like even if. Um, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see how much it impacts uh, like at the Blitz format, but you know that some of those cards may may see play um, elsewhere, and that's uh, it's always a good thing. Yes, hundred and ten percent. We're also getting the on top of uh, of classic battle duel decks. Uh, we're also getting the, uh, the Dragon Shield sleeves. Yes, we are. We are getting a collaboration between LSS and Dragon Shield to bring. Four new official flesh and blood matte art sleeves uh, to the market. Those are coming out on April 22nd. The first line of these sleeves will feature four heroes from uh, from flesh and blood, and they are Oldham, Lexi, Chain, and Prism. 
You know what? When they said four iconic heroes that they were going to present, I'm not going to lie. I I kind of expected the original four. I I expected something yeah, a little more iconic yeah. than what we got. Yeah, like I mean, Prism's mm-hmm. iconic, Chain's iconic. All those heroes are iconic in their old way, in their own way. Don't get me wrong, but right, right, right. They're they're good heroes. They're popular, but right, they're definitely not who you were thinking of when they said iconic heroes of flesh and blood. Definitely thinking about the first eight heroes, either Welcome to Wrath, uh, Welcome to Wrath, or Arcane Rising heroes. I would have been perfectly content with seeing them. I would have been happy with any combination. Give me Dash, Viserai, Reinar, and Katsu. Whatever you want to do there. Uh, I think any combination of those would have been great. These, uh, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. A Dragon Shield partnerships, and uh, I love Dragon Shield. They do end up with a little wonky stuff when it comes to like sponsored sleeves. The the Justice League sleeves I thought were a little odd. There were the movie tie-ins just to have Henry Cavill, you know, Cavill on my sleeves if I wanted to get Superman ones. I always thought that that was a little odd there. But this is another it's it, it is a it's nice to have. Love flesh and blood styled sleeves and if I'm building a prism deck and probably looking at those for for funsies, but I, 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 yeah, I wanted I wanted Reinar, Dorinthia, Katsu, and and Bravo. That's what I wanted out of those. Yeah, but still a high quality product. You know, Dragon Shield is is very very reliable. It's matte art sleeves, um, which are a good quality. Um, I do have I'm very particular about my sleeves, but the matte art ones fall into what I deem acceptable in my in my sleeving. Yeah, I yeah, and you know what I I I haven't used Dragon Shield much myself. I do like their their resealable inner sleeves, but beyond that, uh, I haven't experimented much with them. So I don't know what to fully expect from these sleeves personally, and I'm just gonna kind of wait till I get the opportunity to dig into them, and we'll go from there. That's my right. take on it, at least. Yeah, that's fair. What sleeves do you use? What's your go-to? I am an Ultra Pro Eclipse kind of guy. Ah, uh, really? Yeah. intriguing all right i do that is you know what on another episode we'll we'll have to dive into uh the equipment that we use for our cards because that's a that is a very interesting i would like to talk to you more about that so we'll we'll just save that <laughs> fair enough all right moving on we have pro tour announcement for pro number two Yes. Adam, where where are we going for Pro Tour number two? We're going to France, and this one's very near and dear to my heart. France is, is such a special place to me. I'm so excited for this announcement, and I, I can tell you I'm going to be working so hard to snag the invite for, for this one, just because I not attending France is, is a non-option for me. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, a, a specific venue has not been announced yet, but we do know that this Pro Tour will take place in August. It will feature the next Flesh and Blood release, which is coming mid-year, so that's exciting to hear. Uh, and it is going to support, uh, that set is going to support a return to limited play, so it's a standalone booster set like Tails or or Arcane Rising, or Welcome to Wrath that you could draft, meaning the second Pro Tour is going to feature a hybrid format of both Classic Instructed 
and draft through both days of qualifiers, with the top eight featuring the best players battling it out in a classic constructed format. In a similar mold as some of these other events, um, alongside the Pro Tour itself, there will be a full weekend of public events, including a Saturday calling event and a Sunday battle-hardened event. So that is going to be exciting. There's also going to be a new, uh, fresh season of ProQuest qualifying events that will lead up into Pro Tour number two. Yeah, um, ProQuest season number two is a very exciting announcement as well. Even though ProQuest season one just ended, that was such a blast, and that we're going to be able to look forward to another one right away is so exciting. I do love this semi-steady stream of above uh, of competitive events that are that have come through so like last year you had uh you had rtn season and i think i gotta imagine there's gonna be an rtn season in 2022 as well but you went from uh skirmish season three to ProQuest season one to skirmish season four now you know at least Pro, ProQuest Season 2 is is coming up. Uh, you know, there, it feels like there's always something to be getting ready for uh, in, a, in a major event down the road that you can plan on. And I think that's a pretty exciting place to be right now, In especially if you're into the competitive aspect of Flesh and Blood. They are really, I think, living up to that to that attitude towards TCGs. It's it's just a it's a fun fun place to be in right now. All right. In addition to the Pro Tour announcement, effective March fourteenth, Comprehensive Rules two are in effect. Um, this is also something I th- I think uh, it it itself warrants a longer discussion uh, and probably pr- bringing on um, a judge friend perhaps to. Uh, to really get into the nitty gritty there, there are a lot of different elements that are intuitive but different um, that are are now in effect. The stack, for instance, is now uh, a part of the game. Uh, stack is a very familiar concept uh, to players of other TCGs, and you know we we now have a similar lab- similarly labeled and functioning uh, part of the game. And there are uh, just a few a few more tidbits like that. The the complete collapse of Find Center as a playable card, <laughs> uh, and uh, and yeah, like a, and, and a few other things. Like I said, I think it's uh, it's it's worth uh, you know it's a something that a prepared conversation uh, is is probably warranted here in the next couple of weeks. So we'll we'll definitely dive into that a little more. Just gotta find our our judge guest all right uh moving on from that another product release that came out was talarian community college's uh kickstarter deck box the academic 133 plus uh launched uh on kickstarter this week and was backed almost immediately um it was backed so quickly it actually crashed the kickstarter servers causing a lot of complications for people who were looking to get the first 1000 deck boxes that uh came with a stamp signature um so not everybody who wanted to get that and signed up on time were able to but as it stands right now we are looking at a project on kickstarter that has been backed 
that has been backed by 24,539 backers for a total pledge of $1,337,979 out of a $50,000 goal. Not too shabby. <laughs> a lot of money for a deck box. It is $45 for a deck box. Um, so it is not for everyone. I do encourage uh, people who are interested in it to take a look uh, at the Tularian Community College uh, YouTube page. It goes into uh, what's in it. It is not for everybody. Um, you know, Not everybody needs or wants a deck box like that. Um, I do think that it has a, a very... Uh, particularly particular utility for flesh and blood players, um, and that's my motivation for backing the project. So, you know, to each their own. Always make your own evaluation when it comes to products like this, and uh, make a decision that makes sense for yourself. Um, but uh, you know, I I don't know how much weight my endorsement carries, but uh, you know, I'm I am backing the project, and I look forward to uh, using that deck box. That's for sure. Now, I was looking at the deck box a bit, and the little expandy divider thingy is that a gimmick or do you think that's the real deal the um the little black thing that that comes as an add-on yeah yeah i i i think that's more of um i mean i think he even labels it as like a novelty product okay. I, I don't know how seriously i would take it it is a cool it is it is cool i I would like something like that. I don't know how well it's going to work, but I definitely would love something that I can put into a deck box that kind of helps squeeze the air out or, you know, just kind of closes the gap a little bit. So I don't know if that completely fulfills that goal there, but um, it'll be interesting to see. I like the, uh, the acrylic divider that can come out and move aside. I like the, um, the box, uh, the, uh, the drawer little latches off to the side that can come out and how accessible those are. And the fact that they can fit, they can fit many snaps. <laughs> yeah. And so it's a big thing for me is every, everywhere seems to fit many snaps so that I can load up some equipment uh, and I can carry around a fully, I can, I in, I'm hoping that I can, I can hold a full CC deck plus equipment uh in in that deck box and i i keep my equipment and mini snaps so right now i have to carry them separately because i don't have a deck box that actually holds all of my stuff uh adequately so the idea to put it all the idea that i can put it all in one box is uh, something that uh is my main motivator there april armory kits uh were announced uh on the flesh and blood youtube channel um, they released it in a, a preview video that they said they had they had stopped doing them for some time, but they are uh, LSS is looking to restart uh, the little videos uh, like that. And so the April Armory kit is the Illusionist kit this uh, for April, and instead of uh, one cold foil promo, uh, you have the opportunity to get three different cold foil promos. And they are the Aura Cycle from Everfest. So you can get a haze, cold foil haze bending, a cold foil passing mirage, a cold foil pierce reality, as well as release the tension is the rainbow foil extended art. Um, and the People's Champion playmats are 
uh, the Shimmer of Silver artwork, which looks phenomenal. Oh, it all uh, looks so good. This is a spicy armory kit. They did a good job on this one. Prism is the, uh, feels like the blingiest hero you you can you can get your hands on. You can get a cold foil prism, uh, extended art herald of erudition. You can get extended art herald of protections. Uh, you can get cold foil rare auras. Uh, I feel like I'm missing other stuff that is exclusive to illusionist here, but it's really it's really bringing out uh, EDH levels of bling here. I mean the gold foils that exist that if you really want to sink the And the, the gold money foils, into, yeah. Oh, there's so mm-hmm. much bling you can invest into uh into uh yeah, prison really, if you want to. That's right, that's right. Yeah, I think you can Is there a cold, is there a gold vestige? There's definitely there a gold tunic. Vestige, so yeah. if you're running if you're running auras, you're running tunics, so you can gold foil the tunic, you can gold foil footsteps. What are they running? What are they running for arms these days? Um, it's, is it is it Dreamweavers? No, it's not Dreamweavers. Depends on the matchup, really, because they've got their null rune gloves and like their in like the viscerai matchups, and it's mm, a flex. That's slot like the flex them. spot, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah. So uh, our April Armory Kit is Illusionist. I like the <clears throat> I like the cold foil promos being different. It's not just a, a hero. I think that's a, a good collectability opportunity there. Uh, so I'm excited to see if they do something like that in the future with other stuff. That would be really, uh, really neat. Well, and that's just such a cool thing about LSS is they're always finding little ways to sneak in cool collectible things that sometimes even things that aren't even on your radar they they just they they pop up when you least expect them and it's like all of a sudden it's like oh i have to have that the uh the extended art winds of eternity stick out for me from oh Everfest. yeah there you go there's one Every, there's there's like there's always one for everyone uh like with the new armory kit i gotta i gotta have me uh a play set of all those uh all those auras. So I come from I come from EDH in Magic, and one of there's a lot of things wrong with with Magic, and that's why I left. But one of the right things was just how crazy I could I could get with the the variants that I could put into a deck, getting getting the foil alts, basic lands in there, judge promos, the whole. The whole thing. I, I I I love blinging out decks as much as I can. So any any opportunity that I can do that, uh, I I take advantage of. I hear it's I hear it's actually awful for for being competitive because if you go into a tournament with a bunch of foils and like one of them's bent, you know, one of them cringles a little bit there, Pringles up, uh, you can get called for mark cards. Yes, but. Uh, you know, so so you're really it's a real danger there. But I I love it. I have my my Katsu deck is like ninety seven percent foil right now. It's uh, minus a couple e strikes and uh, a couple command and conquers. Uh, but other than that, everything else is is foil and ext- I got the the uh, whelming gust wave promos and all that all that good stuff. That was a lot of fun to uh to do 
I'm happy, happy about my decision to do that. I mean, I guess on the other side, if the entire deck is foiled and the entire deck is Pringled, is any of the deck marked? That's, you know what? That is a good question to ask a judge. <laughs> if the entire deck is marked, is any of the deck marked? Right, right. Um, I know good. I know. prepping for ProQuest, that was one of the big things, was like, get rid of your foils, because you just want to play with uh, your non-foil cards. You don't want to have, you know, one of them be foil and stand out, and you can get disqualified. That was, that was a big... Uh, big yep. thing for me that did not stop me i still have like my viscerai deck that i played in ProQuest has has foils in it it's not all foiled no one i it got deck checked um on one day and it came back thumbs up so not a problem unless you make it a problem yeah yeah and i think mm-hmm. th- those are good questions for when we have our uh our judge episode um and we talk about comp rules 2.0 we can talk about the semantics of mm-hmm. marked cards versus just running foils because yeah. I think there is some important stuff in there. I think that uh, that closes out the news, and I think it's so. time for our our main topic. Yeah, this week's episode, our main topic is something that I think we both thoroughly enjoy. It is skirmish season. Hey, that's exciting. Uh, I skirmish season three. I think it was kind of a kind of a breakout for me. That's I think that's kind of how I made my name uh, in 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 flesh and blood around that time um so i don't know if i'd consider myself a blitz specialist but i'd like to (laughs) so i very happy that skirmish season four is coming up it is definitely a different landscape uh than where we left it in in the end of season three um everfest has really changed the changed the dynamic and has have brought a few decks into the forefront that uh, weren't in front beforehand. Um, and I think one of the most important things that Everfest has done uh, with Blitz is speed up the format. And that's not uh, something that everybody uh, enjoys, but it is, I think, a reality uh, right now that Blitz is a very, very fast format uh, currently. How much faster can it get? Like it's a al- good question. It's almost scary at this point, like how fast how fast our formats are getting. CC games are starting to feel like blitz games and blitz games are, are very fast. Blitz, blitz is getting into uh I used to joke around that I love blitz because I want my five minute murder fest and move on with my life. But it turns out that's that's almost what I'm getting out of uh Blitz right now. I think there's there's a lot of decks that threaten not necessarily OTK style damage, but uh, they really are presenting lethal in the second and third turns of the game. Um, with some even going as soon as turn one, like Kano and Benji in particular, I think have uh, turn zero and turn one OTK potential. I, I certainly um, have been on the receiving end of a turn zero Benji kill, and that is that is something that you just sit there helplessly, and they're like. Attack for two unblockable, mm-hmm. attack for two unblockable, and you're just like, cool, this is my life now. Yep, this is happening. But, you know, Everfest uh, brought that support into um, into the format. Uh, I think people are still trying to figure out what that, what that means for them. And I thought that we could kind of discuss some of the more important aspects and, and, uh, and meta choices uh, coming into this skirmish season to give people some idea of 
<clears throat> what to expect, what to run, and um, how we feel about some of these these decks as they stand right now. Um, so, my I have a question for you, Adam, because you are a, a high level competitive player. How do you feel about Blitz being used as a competitive format in things like Callings um, and Battle Hardened events uh, coming up here in the future? As we have like the Calling Krakow is going to be a Blitz format. I don't think I have the popular opinion, but I'm actually fine with it. I enjoy Blitz. I think I think Blitz is just a different game than CC is, and that's fine. Like if you uh, for the people the purists who want to play CC, like by all means play CC. Uh, for those who just want to play Blitz, like there's nothing wrong with that. Just play Blitz. For those who want to play both, enjoy both. Um, they're just they're different games. Blitz really like Blitz really tests your ability to like know when to block effectively, know how to pivot like pivot uh, in dire situations, uh, knowing how to play a really effective tempo game like there there's so many things about blitz that are nuanced and that are different than than cc and i think for those reasons like being if somebody really wants to be a truly proficient flesh and blood player like lss is pushing things like hybrid events and being good at both cc and at limited um i think being good at both cc and blitz is a further extension of that because they're not the same game. I know, just like you, Pat, I I cut my teeth on Blitz. Uh, Blitz was where I really learned a lot of this game, and then I had to adapt and take it to CC. And in some ways, sometimes I still feel like Blitz is um, is, is is more comfortable just because of the quicker games and just having a better feel for if you're in the driver's seat or not. Um, it's, yeah... I, I fully support LSS um, using Blitz, using CC, using Draft, Sealed, everything. Uh, heck, even hybrid Blitz CC events would be kind of interesting like that. Ooh. Like, there, there's so many I, things I, they can I do. I agree with you. Uh, I, I, am, I share your, your mindset there. I, I, I thoroughly enjoy Blitz. I think it gets kind of a bad rap because it is such a easily consumable format i i guess uh the 30 minute rounds uh can make people think uh the 30 minute rounds can make uh i think people kind of discredit it as as a legitimate format and there are classic constructed only only people that will continue to discredit it but it definitely is a uh it's a speed kills format and it is super skill intensive um, and uh, I think some, for some people, that speed is a little, little more uncomfortable than they, uh, than they would care to admit. Um, going into this next season here, uh, I, I feel like at the end of season three, Blitz was in a pretty healthy, healthy spot. Um, I think there was, at least in my opinion, I, I think the format was pretty wide open. Um, there felt like there were anywhere between six or seven viable decks that you can consider tier one at that point, and it made for a very, you know, very interesting uh, meta. And <clears throat> that diversity, I think, really encouraged some unique deck building, some fine tuning uh, around your hero specific game plan, and making sure that you uh, you knew what your correct 
lines were for individual matchups there coming into this season how do you feel about where the meta is at the moment i think we're still figuring it out to be honest um Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. especially with the fact that the focus was cc for so long and this is the first time we've like been truly kind of finding ourselves back into blitz since i'd say the crew era so i think the the meta is still up in the air we know there's some strong decks Mm -hmm, in the mm -hmm. meta but to comfortably say that hey there's there's a deck that that tops the other decks i don't think we're there yet i agree i agree um let's take a look at some of the decks that have have been standing out uh so far uh in the meta so we have I like to think we have a pretty good perspective on that. We do have, like I said, we both cut our cut our teeth on Blitz. Uh, we regularly attend uh, Blitz events that are, uh, you know, I would consider it highly, highly competitive, and people are bringing to that. Um, so we, you know, we get a pretty good snapshot of what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so far, you know, as it's happening, so I think we can point to three or four decks that could be considered on on top right now and for me that is kasai oldham and kano with viscerai somewhere in that mix i'm not sure i can put it on on the same exact level so probably 1.5 with viscerai but definitely Kasai, Oldham, and Kano right now as as tier one, uh, in like I said with Viserai, just trailing just a just a little hair behind those three. Kasai right off the bat, I think it's really easy to look at Kasai now and see how powerful she is. Uh, blood on her hands was a huge uh, a huge upgrade for for Kasai, so mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. one's not a surprise. And then. Kano, Kano and Blitz has kind of just always sat on his little wizard pedestal, doing little wizard things, and yeah, yeah. he there. There's Spell Void did did make it a little harder for him the spell fray equipment, but beyond that, there hasn't really been anything to slow Kano down in Blitz. And I've always found like Kano games are are interesting where you can play to some ridiculous outs and i think i think more often than not like if if the kano player is very heads up and and is patient and can read their lines appropriately and just be able to identify what's going on in the game they can they can find uh, an out more often than not but sometimes with kano you just don't got it unfortunately and you just you, you want to have it and you you try to dig for an answer, and you just do these weird convoluted things, and just at the end of the day, it's not there. But despite that, like Kano is Kano is he, yeah, he's so strong in Blitz, and he really rewards those who put in the work with him uh, and who take the time to to learn the lines and to learn his his ceiling because his ceiling is is infinite, and it just is just growing. With, with each set that supports them. I used to, in season three, I felt very comfortable with my wizard matchup in Blitz. So I, I was running hybrid Briar. Uh, and that was, that was my jam. That's a, I, 
top four skirmish and took down fighters guild all on hybrid briar uh and one of the things that made my kano matchup workable was that it there was kind of a known threshold there there was there was a life total that i knew that i couldn't couldn't drop below and um i forget it that i think it was like 11 right there was like kano auto lethals at a certain point before pre everfest and to get that uh, the specific combo of uh, wizard stuff uh, it's like fork lightning like a sonic boom into fork lightning into uh ether flare something like that gives you like 12 unavoidable damage it's uh stir like fork is is the one that it it comes in yeah you yep. stir crucible fork metacarpus nodes and that comes in for 14 arcane and so then if yes. they're at 11 or yep. lower on ab3 it's lethal thank you i knew you had that in you uh <laughs> so like i <laughs> i used to run one of my biggest things with briar was that i could go ab3 and then with the shock charmers have spell void 2 on top of that so when i needed it i could i could stop five and being on the hybrid side of things i had the blue count so you know, we would still. Kano has always been so. Kano has always been the MVP of Blitz, right? In, in my mind, Kano's. I approach Kano matchups as a turn two showdown. It's. I feel like someone's going to die on turn two. Um, in either it's going to be on my my job playing Kano has always been make Kano uncomfortable and have to dig for an answer because they're not prepared to do it at the moment and if i can make if i can make you dig then i feel like i'm at the i'm at the advantage i am still obligated to present lethal on that turn though and that's where things can be slippery i i I favor aggressive decks historically and uh so right now i'm maining viscerai and blitz but the same concept is there where my challenge is to put kano into a predicament on turn two because i feel like that's all the time i have and if i can't present a lethal scenario for them i'm in trouble anyways because they're going to just turn around and kill me with the with the addition of everfest now that threshold i don't i don't know what that threshold is anymore it was you could deal 14 the threshold was 11 on a on ab3 with the addition of aether wildfire on top of that i i don't know what's safe anymore so kano has gone back to scaring the crap out of me on a regular basis i don't even know what's safe right now aether wildfire definitely increases the ceiling but and there are other little things that increase the ceiling too and it's right now I think Kano is in a place where like we we have a we in theory we know what Kano is generally capable of but he he might be capable of more now bearing in mind that like when you're trying to pop off like the idea of say like Aether Wildfire into Stir into Fork that's a very expensive turn and like to be able to play all those at instant speed like that's now you need Kano activations to be able to do that or you know your Storm Striders or you know there is there's a lot at play and that those become very greedy resource hungry plays so and that's where Uh i think the best 
case scenario for what Kano is capable of post Everfest is still we don't know right now. No one's no one's tapped into it yet. We're starting to get there, and we've actually seen some results in CC. Uh, which is interesting. This, I think this skirmish season, Kano is definitely one to keep an eye on. I think some people are going to do some really cool things with Kano. Absolutely. I do think one of the heroes that has a very good shot against Kano and is also residing right there on top of the meta right now is uh, Oldham. Oldham in particular has a fatigue build that has come into vogue that it's just a it is a wall. It cannot be hurt. Doesn't matter what you put in front of it. It just stops everything. It's uh, it comes with arcane barrier. It comes with all the defense reactions one could ever want, and it is nigh impossible to bring a tempo build uh, into uh, facing Oldham and come out on top. You more than more often than not will just get fatigued out and you will lose and oldham is content to block what you have defense reaction oldham ability defense reaction just keep pitching cards back into its deck to stop you from hitting it and then coming back with the hammer which forces you to block because you have uh the frostbite on hit coming at you i i can tell you that i still haven't solved that oldham puzzle yet like i i build i build aggro decks and they don't work against oldham my two my two air things that i've i think i have at least in concept is is uh otk style viscerai can go over the top on it and kano can if it's lined up correctly uh, can also go over the top on it with total arcane because you can only pitch so many cards till you run out of resources. Uh, resources there, but I think Oldham is kind of the boogeyman right now of the format, and uh, I think Saul's problem is going to be important for whatever uh, whatever deck wants to compete with it uh, at the top of the mountain right now. And I think Oldham does come with a caveat. You always, you need to know your lines. Uh, you you really need to be, if you want to be able to, to win games with Oldham, you got to be able to play quickly because your games will more often than not go to time. But if you are feeling, yes. if, if you do have those reps in that practice and you're feeling comfortable, Oldham, yeah, he does have the ability to, to prevent insane amounts of damage. And... And Kano initially he had kind of a bad matchup in, but with the addition of Arcane Lantern, uh-huh, uh-huh. he can AB five very easily now, and that 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 can be tough. That that one point makes such a difference. I do think it's uh, it's interesting. Uh, Kasai has actually gotten so much support that it does actually. It has a good fight into just about everybody, including Oldham. Um, but you really need to have that you, presenting. You know, you kind of you have to present enough for them to have to w- need to put throw their hand down there. And Kasai is definitely one of those 
right now especially that can do that on a consistent level well kasai almost feels like to me now if you've ever had the ncc the bolton sabers like double or triple lumina ascension dropped on you that's kind of what kasai feels like now it's kind of like all right uh i've built up my copper tokens i hit my blood on her hands and now it's time to pop off and there's just sometimes really not much you can do because they're just swinging their swords so many times and presenting so much damage that you you just you you've only got so many blocks in your hand and so many blocks in your equipment and sometimes that's not enough yeah so uh kasai oldham kano starting to look on the outside in my good old boy viscerai uh in blitz that blissera blissera viscerai Viscerai and Blitz seems like almost a. It seems really, really great. I I have found uh, some some success going into uh, Blitz with Viscerai as kind of defaulting to a tempo. If you take your your if you take the CC list um, as boarded in for tempo and pare that down to a forty card list, I think you have a very effective Blitz uh, package there. Um, it used viscerai and blitz used to rely on that otk package which could you know you did not need to go to like 24 rune chance because blitz so you can still hit for you know if you got to 10 to 12 rune chance you can go off otk but that's all you had at that point but now with swarm and gloomvale and revel and rune blood and uh things of that nature you can you have a very very potent aggressive uh deck on your hands and what i've found is even in that aggressive build for blitz purposes you still have the ability to um exploit the rune chant generation into in otk as the turn allows vexing quill hand in particular stands out for me uh in that blitz package is generating, especially if you can get a Mordred Tide. Uh, if you have Rune Chance on the back end and a Mordred Tide in play, breaking, vexing, and another non-attack action, being able to generate 8 to 10 total Rune Chance and still hitting a Sonata is usually enough to close out the game in Blitz when you can do that. Even when not with generating that many Rune Chance simultaneously, you're still on a... A mixed damage tempo package that uh, that is often still presenting twenty to thirty points of damage yeah. on a on a well set up turn. And when you when you can do that, no matter what, you're going to have a a capable deck in Blitz. And it's funny that you you said like that you can just kind of strip down the CC deck. I did just that Tuesday night. I literally went. I feel like playing Viz tonight. We were playing Blitz, and I just kind of. Went through my CC deck and I was like, oh, I'll just take two copies of this, two copies of that, two copies of this. And next thing I knew, I uh, I went, that was the 3-0 that night. Like, that's that's kind of how strong Viscerai is now. And how, if you put in, it, Viscerai, even in, in Blitz, he still, he, he rewards those who put in the time with him. But if you do put in the time, or if you've put in the time in CC, he's just as adaptable in Blitz. Um, I think is the takeaway there. Israel is also one of the uh, only of the top tier uh, heroes here, or top-ish uh, tier heroes there that can actually still use Plunder Run effectively in Blitz. Mm. Still has Spell Creepers. Spell Creepers Plunder Run was big pre-ban uh, in Classic Constructed in all sorts of Briar lists, and uh, you can still do that in Blitz. 
Uh, it actually is very hard to find the room right now uh, for Plunder Run in most Viserai uh, iterations, given current configurations. I think, you know, adding Revel uh, and things of that nature actually kind of fill those, the spots that Plunder Run may have had before uh, beforehand. And, yeah. uh, you know, so, you know, real estate is at a premium. Um, I think Spell Creepers and being able to Plunder Run at instant speed is a special uh special thing that uh i think is is worth the inclusion in there but i think you kind of get away you know weigh your card selection there as as your play style dictates and uh as you fine-tune your deck right so so we have i think it's pretty clear that those those four decks are are sitting up top right now um there are there's always going to be some other emerging decks here but I don't think they've quite reached it so I think we can go over them real quick and see you know see where you think uh where they where you think they might stand here and what, if there's something you think that's holding them back you know we can bring that up uh I would I would go to the brutes first and um Reinar and Ko in particular um how do you how do you feel about where they where they stand right now after Everfest? Ko Ko, I'm sorry, Levia, but <laughs> we're just going to talk about Reinar and Ko. I mean, Ko, he his whole game plan is to high roll. It's always been to high roll. Uh, he got more tools that kind of help him maybe high roll a little more effectively, and he can maybe go a little bigger now. I know I've heard of KO attacks for 16, 18, 24. But at the end of the day, KO KO rolls dice. Um, That's his game plan. And I just don't think he's reliable enough. I will say, if you... uh, Sorry. If you you look at uh, my my video with uh, Breezy Fatigued Episode 1, we did have a game of Blitz, KO versus Levia. And it was surprisingly well for KO. It was my first time ever piloting KO. And uh, my final attack of the game that, that, spoiler alert, won me the game was a 22 damage attack uh, when he had nothing left uh, on the table to help him out. And so he was able to block seven or something of it. But I got him. Got him good. The dice, the dice roll was surprisingly consistent uh, when it was happening. I didn't lose skull crushers once, and I know this is like it. You know, it's one game. I'm sure if I ever play it again, I'll never roll good ever again. But skull crushers never went um, bad. Beats ended up being really good in red four, five, and six. There's no downside to the roll, and you get plus five on your attack. Uh, ready to roll essentially lets you roll with advantage. So if you can set up your turns that you are going to roll your dice for something important um, using ready to roll uh, and, and some other things. I, I think there's some real potential there. I think if you take a page out of, if you take a page out of Levia, uh, one of her, I think one of her evolutions to turning into a, a better constructed deck was taking out some of that, unnecessary blood debt that people were just kind of putting in there because hey i needed blood debt cards and i needed you know this is the thematic way to build levia when you start putting in some of the just the traditional brute cards and then just the important things that make levia unique with the six attack with blood debts in there 
then you you started building something that you know is not especially viable in this meta, but it's definitely what what I think pushed Levia further uh, than where she was. I, I think you, I could see something with Ko in that same line where you you can still attack where your roles are just your you're only relying on the on the role for the half. Uh, you know, for the attack action, but you're still getting plenty of support, still hitting very hard, but setting up for that big turn where you can roll with advantage and uh, come in with a gross, gross single attack is definitely appealing to me. Reiner, on the other hand, we can look at the more traditional brute. I think, I mean, especially if 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 old him does pick up in popularity. Reiner is poised mm-hmm. to do well. And I mean, Reiner is kind of always poised to do well because I, I think where, where Reiner struggles the most is, is into a matchup where the opponent's not going to block anyway and they're mm-hmm. just going to try to race. Um, that can be a bit of a tough match for Reiner, but anything beyond that, anybody who's looking to do anything at instant speed or who's looking to block out a whole mm-hmm. bunch, um, Reiner... Reiner loves those matchups. Uh, he wants nothing more than to tear cards out of his opponent's hand and not let them be able to do things with their hands. Wizard OTK. Intimidate, intimidate, intimidate. Alpha Rampage. Yep, exactly. And it, then it then it becomes, well, I'm going to have to respond to the intimidate trigger and gamble mm-hmm. it all up front mm-hmm. when they still got a handful of cards and that's not where the, the wizard wants to be. How do you feel about Ira right now? I think Ira's not in a great spot. I, I'd be inclined to agree. Going into Kale's Blitz meta, I tested Ira a bunch. Uh, we played around with Ira into Briar, and Ira struggles to deal with the split damage, I found. Um, uh-huh, where uh-huh. Ira really shined was her ability to block, say, with two cards from hand. And then turn around and still be able to present ten damage. And with the split damage, with the 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 the, the quicker damage is being presented now, all those things, uh, Ira's having a hard time keeping up. Yeah, I agree. It's not the. I think we talked about that speed of the format right now, and Ira's not built for that speed. As is, maybe there is something there in a more aggressive uh, aggressive build, utilizing some of the Everfast cards, but. I think uh, without the Katsu ability to fetch the combo pieces, it's really, really hard to be as aggressive as it might want to be. Yeah. Uh, there. And I think if you want to be a ninja at this point, you either want to be doing Benji things or you want to be doing Katsu things. Uh, Benji, yeah. I think, being yep. the, the, the number one choice right now for ninja in Blitz. Yeah, I think so. That Pouncing Link's mask is, is huge. Oh, it took out tidings. mask momentum as a um, and spring tidings, but you know there's something usurped mass momentum in a ninja deck as a headpiece equipment. That's an, that is a tall order, and it happened. And I mean, I, I think crazy. I think it's just utility tools now. Like for that OTK Benji kind of build, mask of pouncing links is better. But for like a tempo ninja, mm-hmm. you'd still rather be playing uh, mask of momentum, for example. To wrap up our talk on skirmish season, is there a what is your what is your dark horse deck? What what is the what is the hero that is not at the top right now that is uh, has potential to get there if it gets solved? Oof, that's a good question. 
I mean, oh, mind you, without sideboarding, Dash becomes considerably weaker. I think that's part of where Dash really shines is in Dash's ability to sideboard and pivot in their game plan. So probably not mech. I do have a quick note about Dash. Is I've, there's a Dash. Dash Blitz boost aggro is great. Cannot win against Oldham. Oh, and God. As long as, as long as Oldham exists... Uh, boost aggro is meh. It goes into it goes into a lot of things well, and you can carry AB4 with it very easily, and that makes the Kano matchup even pretty good. Um, but without the ability to go tall, and max velocity is not it. I don't think it is, but uh, it as long as Oldham exists, Dash cannot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and that's things like dash has tools for every matchup but once again without dash's ability to sideboard uh-huh. yeah, it makes it a lot harder in, in in or without anybody's ability to sideboard in blitz it makes it a lot harder to bring the right tool for each, each match i don't know if i can think of a true dark horse off the top of my head right now though like all right do you got one i am very interested to see where briar is right now Fair. i think a lot of people have uh cleared her out of their of their minds and i maybe it's just because i have a bias towards her but i also haven't haven't built her out for blitz yet but I definitely think that there's I revel in rune blood and swarming gloom veil where is good for all the rune blades chain yes. and briar included and um and you still have plunder run in blitz as we mentioned before and briar was the one that could exploit that the most so I do think that there is uh there is more there for her post everfest that can definitely bring her uh over the top i i would still probably go the hybrid route or at least you know at least the channel mount heroic route and uh start adding some of those everfest things uh in there but i definitely am curious to see how how she does right now yeah i think briar is definitely a lot stronger in blitz than in cc with the fact that uh, just the, the decreased life totals and how explosive and fast Briar can be. Uh, she she can really present she can present twenty damage very quickly. We think uh, I think the takeaways of coming into the skirmish season four is that um, if you are going to be uh, if you are going to be successful during skirmish season, you need to present a wouldn't say. You don't have to go turn zero OTK, but your hero should be prepared to present a lethal damage scenario within the first three turns uh, of the game, or prepared to stop that lethal scenario, and definitely have a versatile, if not overall game plan, uh, definitely at least a superior equipment suite. Um, I think our our important things to be able to to carry coming into the blitz season here yeah i completely completely agree um our our meta is just so fast right now so it's either kill quickly or be killed quickly love it five minute murder fests (laughs) be the fastest skirmish season ever it's gonna be i i i do i do enjoy it i do like the fast games it's it really is attack uh, you know defend well and create a pivot turn scenario where you are then gaining gaining back tempo i think equipment's important uh in that uh you know benji creates different 
uh, different equipment problems than uh, other heroes have because you need to you need to be able to block Benji. If you you know, I think Benji is kind of like Kano and CC, where if you don't if if you're showing up without the right uh, right defense package, then you're gonna get eaten up. And while it might not be tier one, it's gonna show up and definitely you know shake things up a little bit. So you know things like Ironhide, if you were running uh, equipment that doesn't block. Uh, you, you know, now now you're considering uh, Ironhide, just so you have the ability to block. I think block five is the kind of target for the first spring tidings there. But um, but yeah, so it's still it's still wide open. Four four heroes at the top and and a couple more closing in right there. That's it's a good Pretty place good. to be in. It's That's health, definitely healthy, a good place to diverse, be. fun. It's a fun place to be in. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I can under appreciate that the meta is maybe a bit faster than some people would like it to be right now. Um, I know sometimes I prefer those. Sometimes I enjoy those longer uh, tactical games that are mm-hmm. a little more grindy. But I think we're we're playing fast fab right now, and that's okay mm-hmm. too. I think so. I think constructed is slowed down a little bit, so I think it's okay for Blitz to speed up. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, Adam, I think I think that does it for this week's episode. That's it. Episode 12 of the Combat Chain podcast. Still so exciting. We made it to uh, we made it past 100 subscribers. We're uh, we're pushing on to the next milestone now. So thank you for helping us get there. And uh, I look forward to what comes next once again. Hey, Adam. Yes. Good job. Good job. We, we're, we're doing this. You you done. You done good. You know, you're you're the brains behind this operation. So oh, it's this is a this, this is, is a joint operation through and through. Takes uh takes two to tango, right? Absolutely. I guess the obligatory shameless plugs at the end. You can find us on. We're on YouTube. Uh, like and subscribe. Uh, like I said, we're trying to push the always trying to push the subscriber count there. Uh, you can also find us on all uh major media streaming platforms: Apple Music, Spotify. Uh, anywhere uh, you can stream podcasts. Um, we do have Twitter. I am at TCG And Pat? I am at PatSmashGood on Twitter and Discord. And then we also have the Combat Chain Twitter at the Combat Chain. We also are trying to promote our Patreon. Did a little bit of investigating. We are now searchable on Patreon. That's so exciting. Uh, we are uh, so any any little bit you can uh, you can give and help out uh, just for our for our hosting fees and, and those little things right now. Uh, a little goes a long way. Absolutely. Look, we're 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 scaling up as we do that. There are definitely costs associated with that. We want to incentivize you to support uh, what we're doing here, and uh, you know, as as we grow, we're we are structuring our our format here and uh, how we go about things like Patreon and our YouTube and our in our podcast, and uh, we hope to uh, as we scale up here, present uh, appealing options for those who consume. Uh, our content and uh, hope that uh, we're we're doing a good enough job where you feel like uh, supporting us monetarily through patreon is 
it's definitely something that you're you're willing to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we do have we do have a Patreon shout out to our our first and only Patreon, uh Boris. Thank you so much. The support means Boris, the you, world. you are the best. Yeah, no, we we couldn't be any more grateful for your support. Every little bit helps, every little bit counts, and yeah, thank you so much. But I think that brings us to episode 12 of the Combat Chain podcast. Thanks again for listening, and until next week, we're We're closing closing the the combat combat chain. I think that was like perfectly spot on.